This episode is brought to you by One United Bank, America's largest Black-owned bank and first Black internet bank. One United Bank is leading an exciting new charge in encouraging us all to think about ways to make Black history now. Through our spending, our impact, our activism, and our legacy. This is more than a moment, it's a movement. With the right mindset and actions, we can be financially woke. When we unite the power of our dollars, there's no limit to what we can do. One United believes that money is power and we can use it to build wealth in the Black community, not only for today, but for the future as well. Move your money and bank black with One United Bank today. Visit oneunited.com to learn more. Hey, 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 it's Courtney. Joy Marie here. And we're back with another episode of Job Logs. Yes, your group chat girlfriends checking in with new episodes on the 1st and the 15th. And if you're in the NYC area, stay tuned for more info on our three-year anniversary mixer next month. Three years yes. of candid career conversations. I know. Coming up, though, in this episode, tax season is upon us. For some of us, it is the one time of year we get a surplus of money. And for others, we're grappling with the fact that it's no longer the case. Okay. So we're discussing how to file smarter and make your refund work for you if you do get one with tax expert Ty Stewart. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. Get your notepad ready. Yes. But first, clock in. in. Yes, just checking in with each other on our Mm well-being. Make sure you do the same with your group. Yes. Joy. Had our first live show. We did. We had a Black History Month live show. And how did you think it went? I I think it was awesome. It was awesome. I thought it went really great. Were you nervous? I I was good nervous. Okay. I like to be good nervous. Yeah. Yeah, no, we were very prepared. I mean, it was awesome. It was a good time. It was so good to meet those of you who were able to make it yes, out. Yes, it's always amazing to, like, see the faces. Yeah. And just talk, have those conversations in the real world. Yeah, it was, it was important. It was we had some great panelists. We talked about Black culture and influence in America just in time for Black History Month. Um, and we're combing through the audio, so we're, we're going to see if we can publish some of it in an upcoming episode. Yes. So stay tuned. For sure. What else is going on? Well, you've been all up in my inbox with the <laughs> uh, Black Panther soundtrack. Yes, that just so hit. good. I heard it's like on track to break um, records and probably hit number one on the Billboard really? charts next week. It's yeah. an epic, epic Black History Month. Oh my god! Like, gosh. it is one for the books. Yes. What the else books. is exciting you this month? I <laughs> am. Black History. <laughs> so, you know, I am obsessed with the presidential portrait. Yes. I cannot stop thinking about them. Yes. And, you know, I need to take a moment because... I just want y'all to appreciate what's happening. Yeah. And I don't want you to get caught up in, like, whether you like the photo aesthetically, that's completely personal. Irrelevant. And it's highly it's irrelevant. There's literally never been a critique of any other presidential portrait. Oh, I like the style But of you know what? I this. see why, because it was definitely a statement. Mm. And, you know, I work at a modern art museum, so I'm confronted with challenging art a lot. Sometimes yeah. I go with it, sometimes I don't. <laughs> okay. Um, but my starting point is always just thinking about, like, what are what's the goal? Like, okay. what is the artist trying to accomplish? Yes. And thinking about, like, what the goal that was in mind for the Obamas. Yeah. Like, they chose two artists who have a very specific point of view. Yes. So they knew what those portraits were going to look like. And they also know what traditionally presidential portraits look like. Mm -hmm. So they came up in there 
I mean, just imagine walking through the gallery and you see the sepia tones <laughs> and just like very like, you know, reserved like right. history book. And you turn the corner and Obama's sitting up there in the garden. Here Michelle is giving you. Behind adorning. <laughs> like they wore prints to the white party. They did. And I live. <laughs> they did. They did. I loved both of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I had um, the same initial reaction in battle. It's a lot. Yeah. It, it is. It was a lot. It was mm-hmm. definitely a lot. And I mean, Kahinde has such a distinctive and vibrant style. Yeah. And I think the juxtaposition of that with Mich- Amy's. Yeah, yeah, like Michelle's portrait, which the grayscale, which I know mm-hmm. has significance. Um, it was, you know, it was a lot, but together it was just so beautiful and so breathtaking. Yes. It was just so intentional that they yeah. wanted to be completely different. Yeah. They wanted to show themselves through a black point of view. Yep. And just even thinking about like Kahende Wiley, he mm-hmm. is about just taking back power and privilege yeah. and like centering black people in portraits that aren't reserved for them yes. historically. Yeah. So you think about that with Obama's legacy. Yeah. And my God. Yeah. And then you talk about um, Amy Sherald and she says the gray skin, she omits skin color from her painting, she says, because it's to separate race from color mm. and to allow her subjects to hover in a space between reality and the dream world. Yeah. And I was just thinking about that and just thinking about Michelle being in the public eye. And mm. when she came on the scene, like mm. she was very much like, they were calling her everything from a black panther to a monkey mm. and just very much the angry black woman. Yep. And then she somehow like repackaged yep. herself and got everyone to be like the president of her fan club, yes, mom yes, of the year. Yeah. And I just wonder like that's probably like just a dream state to be yeah, in. Yeah. And just like what they're trying to say. Yeah. And I'm inspired to just like be really intentional with like even the small stuff. They're out of mm. office. They could have just said fine. They could have. Make us look like a mahogany car or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but they said no. Yeah. We got something to say. That's, I love that's it. That's a great takeaway. I love that. I love, I love that. that. I will apply. All right, y'all. So now it's time for Rants, Raves, and Reviews. This is the segment of the show where we highlight products, services, tools, or experiences that we're currently loving or hating in our professional lives. Mm-hmm. Our live show rant was <laughs> epic. That was a good time. I know. We, we got to upload it for the people. That was hilarious. But um, what are what are you doing this week? I have a, uh, a quiet rave. Okay. <laughs> A quiet rave. I was inspired by my cousin um, called me up today. Well, not today, this week. And she was talking about she just got a new office. It's mm-hmm. her first office. Congrats, Steph. Ooh. And we were just talking about, like, ways to, like, make it her own mm-hmm. and like also like giving off the wrong message the right message yes, you don't yeah. want to feel like you're separating yourself from people yeah and it reminded me that my position toward workspace has changed a lot I used to be very like listen I work here I'm not bringing in a whole mm-hmm. bunch of stuff mm-hmm. like let me just down and dirty get it done mm-hmm. but I've started to appreciate like you know taking a little effort yeah. to like add something to my Personal. space mm-hmm. And it's helped a lot because I work in a very visual place, so yeah. I can collect things yeah. as I go. Yeah. 
But it does like to help to kind of look around and like have things that inspire you. Yeah. What because you have a special working arrangement. Yeah, I don't have a dedicated space. But you know the other thing I like about and envy <laughs> about people <laughs> who do have like a set workspace is that um it's also a device to, you know, mm-hmm. connect with people. Like in Felita's episode, how she was talking about, like, figure out those things. Everyone has a family. So if you yeah. have a picture of your child or whatever or your family on your desk, yeah. you know, that serves as a device for people to come up to you and be like, oh, like, how yes. is he or she doing? And, and you know, it's just a way to connect with. Listen, a candy dish. I'm not <laughs> above it. I know it's a clear ploy, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Listen, I love it. So, yeah, I feel like if you have, like, a lack of something, whether mm-hmm. it's you need, like, if you're, like, shut in, bring in a plant, if mm. you need some inspiration, have it there. Mm-hmm. So I feel like taking a little time like to that. make your spaces, creative spaces, rave. Very important. I mean, I, I do it with my home office. I was so. going to say, yeah. like, you have a full-on situation. That yeah. You do. <laughs> yeah, I do it with my home, or working on it with my home office. But, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. All right. What's happening with you? I, <laughs> after that beautiful optimism, <laughs> I hate to go after you. I have I have a rant that's been okay. on my spirit for a while and just like we've share, been so share. positive in the other episodes. I haven't said it yet. But um, I've noticed this thing, and maybe it's me, but I just notice people specifically of other <laughs> races <laughs> and ethnicities. Persuasions. When they encounter me, like really really over apologizing for things as simple as slightly grazing me you know by the coffee machine Mm -hmm. or um you know walking up behind me as i'm entering the bathroom or whatever like stuff that you don't need to apologize for Uh basically i've just noticed people like being really over apologetic Mm -hmm. so i'm not going to i'm not going to state whether or not (laughs) i think it's like this deep race thing but I will say, in general, like, you don't have to. You don't, I don't need it. Like You want more for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to attack you. Like, it's fine. You really were at the coffee machine before me. I'm behind you. You don't, you didn't do yeah. anything wrong. Like, don't apologize. And I think on the flip side, if you're the, per- like, there's this whole movement of, like, not saying sorry for women in workspaces. But if you're on the flip side of that, just think about, just be mindful and intentional about when you give someone an apology. Because, yeah, is it necessary? Yeah, is it merited? Is it required? You know, I've also been struggling with thank you. Mm. I feel like I'm, I've turned, I don't, maybe it's like peer pressure because everyone does it, but I've been in, I end every email with like, thanks, Thanks. exclamation point. And it's like, you did nothing for me. (laughs) Why am I doing this? No, I'm, I think thanks. I think exclamations and I think exclamations. Those are the three things that I'm with you. I'm like very, very mindful and intentional now about when I use them in professional settings. Yeah. Cause you're right. I was, I was always the girl that was like mad exclamation points in the email and right. I started looking at you know as you interact with more leadership or for me male co-workers I start looking at their emails it's all dots and periods right. and one liners <laughs> so, right. you know don't um I guess yeah just like calling back the ex- don't be over expressive mm-hmm. on both ends of the sex spectrum I, yeah I think that's a lesson we can all apply okay even <laughs> though <laughs> <No>, it's targeted <laughs> Thank you. 
So we are super thrilled to have Ty Stewart join us today. Hi, Ty. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Calling in from Houston. Is that right? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Where it's actually cold this time instead of hot. Like it's 90, it is 90% of the time. Oh, well, crazy. when you'd say cold, what do you right. say? <laughs> Ty Stewart is the founder of Sadia Financial Solutions, a full service accounting and tax firm that helps entrepreneurs organize, strategize, and analyze their business finances so that they can focus on running the business of their dreams. Yes. And Ty, you came to us by way of um, Kevin Matthews II, who was a, a guest who spoke with us about retirement. Mm-hmm. And he also happened to know Tanya. So we're it's happy a family. to have this little finance family in the building thank you yeah mm-hmm. so, i love talking about money and and connected with other people who who are all about being debt free and you know doing handling your business finances like a boss so yeah so i'm so happy you're here um you know audio with us because so i just got all my w-2s together had to track <laughs> down a few employers but it happened filed my taxes, mm-hmm. and I've had to accept that I'm in a new stage of life. I used to really look forward to my refund, mm. and this is the first year that I owed because uh, I had a lot of freelance work. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would love if you could talk a little bit about kind of that impact of advancing in your career. Like, why don't I get money back anymore? <laughs> Who am I paying? What do I owe? <laughs> yes, growing pains is part of what they call adulting it's you're going from refund to to owing i mean it, it, it is a good thing and a bad thing um depending on how you look at it so mm-hmm. you know your 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 income is growing of course you you know as you're getting older your income should be growing um which also means that you're going to be in a higher tax bracket from there you're going to probably owe a little bit more so it whereas you know when you're younger you can kind of like okay i'll just do my taxes you know at the you know during tax time and i'll be done and i, I know i'll get a refund now you're more like you have to proactively plan and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, take a look at them more throughout the year because you don't want to get that surprise, you know, bill at the end of the year. You don't want to get that, oh, well, you owe X amount of thousands and you're like, I don't have the cash. So, yeah, it definitely, I mean, it's a good thing because it's showing that you're you're increasing your income and, mm-hmm. you know, you're able to start building wealth and all that. But, yeah, it does. It does kind of stop getting a bill in the end. So so what are some of the ways that we can be proactive about that? Because I similarly, you know, I got my stuff together and I always like to throw it into TurboTax just to calibrate myself, although I will go to a, a tax accountant and a professional. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. looking like I'm going to be owing a couple, <laughs> couple thou too. <laughs> and it's all because of that freelance and sort of the extra income that's on top of my salary. So I guess like mm-hmm. with, with the whole workforce evolving and and shifting and kind of new ways of doing business and making money that maybe didn't exist before for a lot of us. How can we prepare mm-hmm. and be proactive to your point to make sure we're ready for whatever, you know, whatever? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, preparation is key because it, you know, it keeps you from being stressed out at the end of the, you know, at tax time and all of that. So um, what I usually suggest, like with my clients, is to not just, you know, like I said, not just use your, look at your tax bill or do your taxes at tax time, but do at least at the very minimum, like in every six months, kind of mid-year review of where you stand so far in the year. And that way you have time to make adjustments um, to, you know, any payments that you need to make out or, you know, you can kind of strategize a little bit before the end of the year so that tax time isn't a big surprise. Um, a lot of people kind of depending on what they have going on, like freelancers, online entrepreneurs, stuff like that, they're going to look at their taxes at least quarterly. So, um you know, just kind of put that on your calendar as a recurring task every quarter and 
you know, sit down because you should be doing a, you know, a monthly financial review anyway, right? With your personal finances and with your business finances. Sure. So <laughs> at least quarterly, yeah, at least <laughs> at least quarterly you want to, right, right, yeah, we're all doing it, right? <laughs> but <laughs> it's on the to-do list. So that, that's the first step. Get it on the to-do list. So, so remind yourself, I need to do this. Are you saying like I should be meeting with like a tax consultant? Because I'm not sure. Like I will look at my um, earnings and just be like, okay, I don't yeah. know. You know, when I don't you know how say to plan look at them. What do you mean? Like, is there? Well, not, how do you actually yeah. know where you are tax wise quarterly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so you know, um, if you have a regular nine to five job, mm-hmm. you're going to get a check stub right every you know every pay period. Yes. So. Um, at the very least, if you would look at like the last, like say you do a mid-year review. So in June or after June 30th, you look at that last check stub and there should be a column or there should be somewhere where it says year to date, right? So mm-hmm. you know, okay, these are the federal taxes that have come out so far for the year. These are the, you know, the Social Security, Medicare, all that good stuff that has come out so far for the year. So you take a look at that year to date and um, there's a there's a withholding calculator on the IRS website okay. that lets you kind of play around with it a little bit and see where you would be if, um, you know, you stay along the same path. Hmm. So some things that you need to know, like when you sit down to do a media review, of course, you're looking at what you've made so far, but then you should be able to kind of project as close as possible to what you're going to have at the end of the year based on, you know, where you are. So it's kind of like forecasting. And to, to use a business term, it's forecasting what you're going to have at the end of the year as far as your income. When you've looked at the, the credits that you normally qualify for or any deductions that you normally could take, you mm-hmm. can kind of almost work out what your tax return would be. Um, at the end how of the much year. you should be saving. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. this is Based very on. helpful. I've been yeah. wondering why I get these pay stubs every week. Yeah. I really do <laughs> just put them straight in the shredder. So. Yeah. Noted. Lesson learned. Get a glass of wine, get a whatever you got to do, a bottle of water, take a couple of hours and just like turn off your notifications, turn off your phone and grab a copy of the IRS form 1040 and kind of, you know, go from there. You're going to look at your, what you've made so far. You're going to look at um, what you think you're going to have made at the end of the year. Um, Medicare and Social Security is like a flat 7.65% right now. So, you know, you can automatically um, take that out if you make under a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. And then you, based on your history, you know, you know what you will qualify for as far as credits and stuff like that. So you can kind of work the numbers a little bit um, and estimate about where you would be at the end of the year. So given all of that, is there money that typically with your clients you see folks are leaving on the table? You know, are there things that we should be thinking about deducting or itemizing um, that maybe a lot of us don't with this, with the new economy, with the freelancing, with all of these things that we're doing outside of kind of the nine to five? Absolutely. I think, um, especially with people being in location independent businesses or businesses where you're just running, you know, running it from your laptop, there are still some deductions that people, you know, feel like they probably don't qualify for, but they do. Um, Mm. For example, you know, with your software, your um, the stuff that you buy to run your business, the the help that you maybe you have a virtual assistant or you have um, somebody 
handling the behind the scenes for you or handling your social media management for yeah. something. You know, you want to make sure that you, you know, you take those deductions and you want to make sure that you issue 1099s. So, oh, mm-hmm. so that's yeah. the key. You got to issue the 1099. That's another issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you're just yeah. paying all cash money on the side, then maybe we're not eligible for all of these things. I mean, if you pay somebody over, um, right now it's over, if you pay them over $600 oh. in a year, you, yeah, you want to issue them a 1099. So um, a lot of people kind of think, oh, well, if I pay 599 I don't have to do it, which is <laughs> fine. But if you still want to, you know, you just for business purposes, you want to make sure all your paperwork is in order, right? So gotcha. um, I would say, you know, go ahead and do it anyway. Um, a lot of times people forget about um, home office deductions where mm-hmm. you can, you know, if you have a dedicated home office, you can take a portion of your utilities, a portion of your direct costs and indirect costs for running your business um, from that. So your mortgage, your rent, uh, you can write off portions of that depending on the square footage of the, the dedicated home office to the complete house square footage. So um, that's definitely one thing I encourage people to, to take a look at um, to see if they qualify for it. Because, you know, if you're, you're running your business from home, it's just a matter of making sure you have a dedicated space. You're not using it to, you know, to sleep. It's not the mm-hmm. guest bedroom or whatever. Yeah. It's, a, you know, a dedicated space, yeah. a dedicated room for, for business. So that kind of helps too. Okay. So uh, we talked a little bit about the deductions and considerations we should make when filing. But once it's all the paperwork is in, let's say we do get a little change. You know, the state <laughs> slid me a little bit, although federal <laughs> took everything. How can we make our refunds work better for us and just be more responsible once we get that extra money? Yeah, absolutely. Your refund, I mean, you know, it's the, the one of those things people are like oh i got it i'm gonna blow it i'm gonna go shopping I'm gonna do, <laughs> you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that handbag i've been looking looking mm-hmm. at you know i've been trying to you know buy a new car and that kind of thing but like to to be honest i would rather my money work for me mm. so it's it's a matter of finding ways to make that money work for you um you know investing in growth basically investing in something that's going to yield a return that's going to you know continue to multiply that money that way you know you're you got that refund that which is pretty much money you could have had during the year if you, you know, you had worked out your taxes correctly because you're not, you really shouldn't want a huge refund. But if you do get a refund, you know, at least make that money work for you. So, you know, taking that, maybe you're behind on investing in your retirement um, in a Roth IRA or, or in a 401k, take that money, put it in there. Um, a lot of times I see people using it to pay off stuff, which is important. You want to, you know, get out of debt, especially if you're trying to get out of debt as quickly as possible. Any lump sum that you come across should go, you know, straight into that to kind of to take care of that. Um, and then anything having to do with business, like I'm big on entrepreneurship. My dad like raised me to be an entrepreneur. Like, do work your business, stop working for the man, work for yourself, type of stuff. <laughs> so it's you know it's if you've been waiting, like if, if somebody's been working a nine to five and they're like, I just don't have time to work a business or I don't have, I know what I want to do, but I don't have any money to put into it right now. You know, so it's, it's on my someday list. Use that tax refund to maybe, you know, take care of that. Use that tax refund to maybe take a couple of days off work and build out your business plan. I support or, that. I, yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, take some vacation days and like really hash that out. Um, 
take that money and put it into supplies, um, materials, things that you need to actually run your business, any type of um, material you need if you're maybe a creative and you like to make things, you know, take some of that money and use it for that. Yeah. Take some of it and use it to maybe take a class, you know, like, mm. well, I don't, you know, I don't understand how to, how, you know, first thing about starting this, like, what do I need to do? Community colleges have classes all the time. Universities in your area will have classes. The Small Business Development Center, there's there's one in every city for the most part. You know, take a take a class and kind of learn those things that you need to do to finally push your, your business forward to actually make it a reality. Yeah, I love I love those ideas. Um, it's really about like an investment to self. And I also like the idea of building out your savings if you haven't, like if you've been struggling to build yeah. like an emergency savings fund, mm-hmm. like using that lump mm-hmm. to make some sweet swift progress there. On the flip side of that, if you're not getting, you know, a lump sum or maybe you're sort of breaking even um, or if you even Mm -hmm. owe money back, what are the options? What are, you know, how can you kind of think about the year um, and you touched on this too and I want to dive a little deeper into that you said something about not you know idealizing the lump sum but spreading it out throughout the year can you talk a little bit more about that yeah and it, it kind of goes back to you know having that quarterly or that that semi-annual talk with yourself basically about you know where you are and what you're going to owe and if you you know, you're you're looking at the numbers, and you're like, well, if I keep on to the on this path, I'm going to have a large refund. There's things you could do, you know, to adjust. You can maybe adjust your withholdings, have them take out a little bit less, so, mm-hmm. so that you have more cash flow during the year. Mm-hmm. Like that's money, you know, like you said, you can use that to pay off stuff. You can use yeah. it to to do things you need to do instead of waiting till you know till you get that tax refund. You know, and then you can pay off bills, stuff like that. So, um, just kind of looking looking at that. If you're, if you know you're gonna owe, at, if maybe you're doing a, a mid-year review and you're like, if I continue on this path, I'm gonna actually owe. Mm-hmm. Then you want to make some adjustments so that they take out a little more out of your paycheck. Or year, if you're self-employed, you're gonna go ahead and make like an extra, you know, extra estimated tax payment in, so that while you have the money, like say you, you're running a business where it has peaks, and maybe you do super good during the holiday season, but then you have some dry months or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you do have that extra money, you take some aside and put it aside for, you know, for your tax bill. If you find that perhaps, you know, you didn't plan as well as you wanted to and you do end up owing, it's not the end of the world. You know, don't panic. I always tell people like, you know, just breathe. There are options. The IRS will work with you. Um, I did have one client I remember he, um, I don't know what happened. I can't remember, but he ended up owing like ten thousand dollars. Oh, and yeah, <laughs> exactly. And before that, he was fine. Like I think he he was breaking even or getting a small refund before that. But it was something special that happened that year that had him ending up owing like ten thousand mm. dollars. And that's one of the things too that you know, as far as planning, if you have a major life change, you know, you sold something, you sold a house, or um, maybe you you got a job where your income like doubled or you know anything that maybe you got married or you had a child anything like that like a major life change you're going to want to take that time to also revisit where your um, where your taxes are going, to, are going to end up at the end of the year because that affects you know these are types of things that affect you so yeah. 
Um, so just reviewing that and then also if you owe, if you feel like you need a payment plan, the IRS does work with you. I always tell people, because I've, I've had, I've met people that are like, I know I'm going to owe, so I'm just not going to file. Do not mm. do that. <laughs> do not not file. Don't get caught up, y'all. You're do, yes. It, and it's crazy because I come across people that are like, oh, can you help me with my last four years of tax returns? Because I didn't do it because I know I'm owed. Like, that's, that's not the best strategy. Um, you're going to end up not only owing the failure to file penalty, but you're also going to owe failure to pay, which is going to stack on top of that interest oh. every month and penalties. Mm. So it's, you know, just trying to bury your head in the sand is not a good strategy. Yeah. The IRS is not going to, you know, it's not going to take you off to tax jail or whatever, you know, just yeah. well. if you communicate <laughs> with them, <laughs> yeah. if you communicate and work with them, they will, they will work with you. Okay. Like everybody has this, this thing of the big bad IRS, but they will, right. I, I will say they will work with you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's, there's installment plans. You can, you can do that. Um, depending on what you owe, you can pay as little as 25 a month. Of course, that's going to, you know, it's going to drag it out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little bit of, of interest on it. But if that's all you can afford to do at the time, then, you know, at least you're doing that and you're not, you're not dodging them basically. Yeah. And what would you say are kind of the common mistakes you see people making with their taxes outside of just not doing them? <laughs> <laughs> like numero uno, not filing. <laughs> but um, yeah, just not not keeping good records because mm. you you know being organized with your records, you want to make sure that you're getting all the deductions that you're qualified for, right? That you're entitled to. So um, it's not it's not good if you end up probably estimating and then taking some deductions mm-hmm. and then you're missing out on others, mm-hmm. or you're making up stuff and then the IRS comes back and happens to audit you and then you don't have anything to back up you know your numbers and then you end up you know owing that money back so um just being organized having all your documents and paperwork in order um you know i always encourage people that you know at the very least get a get a file folder and just as you receive documents that you know are going to affect your tax put it in that that file folder and just keep you know, keep up with it and keep track of all of your paperwork that goes with it. Yeah. Um, That's real because, yeah. and I would also say like, don't throw things away even after you file. Cause um, I know I've recently no. had, Ooh, my heart shook when I had <laughs> the call, but they were like checking in on an error from like a tax return from like two years ago. Oh, wow. And so I was, mm-hmm. so my mom used to work at the tax office, praise God. So <laughs> she was telling me, oh, like pull like your, where are your old W-2s? And I'm like, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> so you really need to yes. like, you never know what'll pop up. Wow, so, okay. Great advice. You don't, and they, they can like, pop up two or three years later and be like, yes. hey, we want to look at your, sure you know, did. your documents from them. And they do. Wow. Like when they audit you, it's usually, you know, it's usually two or three or four years back. So, mm-hmm. yes, please don't don't throw that away. And I'm kind of maybe fortunately, but unfortunately, I'm kind of a paper pack rat. So <laughs> I don't throw anything away because I'm just scared I'm going to need it. But yeah, if you're in the habit of throwing it away, like even if you're, you are in the habit of throwing it away, scan it into something for mm-hmm. getting yeah. into you know some software so you're not losing it and you can go pull it up because the IRS does take you know they do take um electronic documents now so this whole conversation um really feels like to me kind of in line with all of the episodes that we've had in the financial literacy series with one united just like really about facing your Mm -hmm. finances and 
I think tax season, mm-hmm. like, for most is kind of this annoying time of year. Yeah. But it really, <laughs> like, after this conversation is feeling to me more like a time where you really get to audit how you did in the year before. And I don't know really that we have any other times that we really sit down and look at, like, our holistic finances for the year and really put together everything that we've made from side jobs, from side projects, from our salary job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of like the idea of adopting tax season maybe as a time to really face your finances yeah. and get yourself together. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of just like proactive planning too that you recommended. Yeah, I mean, and if you're running a business, usually if you have some type of spreadsheet or tax software or something that you're using, it's not too hard to go back and, and tally up where you are at any given point and kind of see, you know, what you're going to what you're gonna end up owing at tax time. And it doesn't take a lot of time investment. Yeah, so. yeah. And also, like, if you're not where you want to be, too, I mean, because that's, it's interesting, too, to think about, like, if you're coming in lower than you thought you did the year prior or maybe even higher, it's a good time to just audit and say, hey, like, I want to ramp up this income next year or I want to, mm-hmm. you know, slow things down a little bit. So um, I mm-hmm. just think the, the whole tax season is, is fascinating. Yes. <laughs> Although <laughs> can be quite frustrating. <laughs> I think it's less intimidating as you understand more about your, partic- your particular situation. Mm-hmm. So is why I always encourage people don't just like take your take your paperwork to a tax preparer have them do it and they're like oh you get a refund of you know three thousand dollars you're like okay and then that's it like you really need to understand the numbers and how they got to that point yeah you know so yeah don't just take their word for it but also make sure that they explain to you and understand this is you know these are the credits this is this is your adjusted gross income this is how we got to this point so you know okay, next year I'm, you know, on the trajectory to double my salary. So things are going to change a little bit or something. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to take a look at it. All right. Mm -hmm. I thank you so, so much for kind of easing, easing our stress (laughs) levels (laughs) during this difficult time. (laughs) Absolutely. That's, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to, to, to make you feel a little more confident about that IRS form. <laughs> and if folks want to go ahead and take you up on that and uh, get in touch with you, where can they connect with you around the web? They can um, schedule a call at thediafinancial.com slash appointments. Um, it's S-A-I-D-I-A. It's actually the Swahili root word that means to help or to aid. And that's my whole mission is to help and to come alongside and help the small business owner understand their finances so they don't feel so stressed and so overwhelmed by the numbers and by the IRS and all of that. So um, that's, that's what I'm here for. There's a free consultation at that link um, or they can find me on um, on social media at Sadia Financial on Facebook. Awesome. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now it is time for my favorite segment of the show where we get to hear from you all with your career and life questions. If you have a conundrum, need to pick someone's brain, feel free to reach out to us, joblogs.com slash askjoblogs, or you can give us a call at 929-324-1090. Yep. And today we have two questions from one of our listeners. They write, one, do you have any tips for getting back in the saddle after getting a devastating email that the hiring panel did not choose you for a Mm. job? 
I was recently rejected after making the second round of interviews. Okay, so I loathe the job search. Mm-hmm. I hate this period, so I feel for you. Um, really, I just make it completely their loss. Yeah, like I'm like, oh, foolish. Yes, that <laughs> poor decision making. <laughs> I pity you. <laughs> But yeah, I think it really does help to depersonalize a lot in your job search. And I know that can be very difficult, but I just kind of remind myself, one, you don't know the factors that went into that, their decision. And also you have to believe that what's for you is for you. Mm -hmm. So you might've dodged a bullet. And so I would say thank you and keep it pushing. Yeah, completely. I mean, you cannot make it personal. Like, Sometimes I've gotten a job and heard the stats on how many people applied. And it's like, we had 500 applications and only interviewed 10 people. And you're just like, how did I even get here? But literally, when you look at those odds, it's not personal. There's Mm -mm. just 499 other people couldn't get that job. It wasn't for them. So I completely agree with that. And I'd also say, I mean, incorporate asking for feedback in your process. So where you can, you know, if there's... At the end, if you can ask, you know, hey, thanks for the opportunity. Was there any feedback from the hiring manager? Get that, apply it. But really beyond that, there's not much you can do. And I wouldn't wallow in it too much. Yeah. Um, And I try to um, just keep my expectations in check in general. Because you don't want to, like, sell yourself on this. Like, you know, you got your 90-day plan. You You know what's happening. Like, I really try to, like, not even get excited about things like i really try and keep it like just going you know just business as usual until i know for sure you said that on a past episode and that's like a piece of advice that i've um like adopted in my process Mm -hmm. too because you just you can't like you see a job posting you get super excited and it's just too many factors yeah for it to be yours until it really is yours so um good luck yeah i guess it's really just depersonalized. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's all you can do. Okay. And then um, your second question was, I'm wondering what factors are in play when being interviewed. Does being overweight hurt? Are thank you cards helpful? Should I still be wearing the Navy suit? Jawbox is my favorite podcast. Thank you for your help. Hmm, there's lots of little parts of this question. I feel like we talked about this on another episode where even things like they've done studies where like, prettiness and like mm-hmm. wearing makeup or not mm-hmm. like all these, these things that shouldn't impact um, your chances they just like subconsciously go into it they do so I feel like I mean it's a balance because you can't worry about the things you can't help yes the reality is you are vying for the opinions of someone else and mm-hmm. so think you know all of these things will be subjective what someone finds attractive what someone finds competent or professional will vary from industry to industry and person to person. Um, I mean, I it's it's more of a package deal. Make sure yeah. that you feel 100% confident mm-hmm. when you walk in, that you did your best, that your outfit is on point, that, you know, you prepared adequately. But really beyond that, I wouldn't worry about, you know, if people are biased because you're overweight, that's ridiculous and inappropriate but right. you probably also don't want to work there amen so. amen that's another thing when i was a tot going out into the workforce <laughs> at for the first time i remember my mother i mean it's a little bit more ex- 
accept it now depending on where you are but mm-hmm. she was very much like oh are you going to like straighten your hair are mm-hmm. you going to wear your braids are you going to take out like I have like a stud nose ring yeah. are you going to take that and I was like well I'm not taking it out if I start the job so yeah. I think it's just like presenting as you said your best self yeah. and if they accept that then you know that's the start of a good relationship yeah but to address your question um, factors in play I think you know, I think people really overlook confidence and mm-hmm. um, chemistry. So just people are interviewing you for your skills and ability to do the job competently, but a lot of people can do the job competently. It's also about a cultural fit. Yeah. So like, don't be too nervous. Don't be too shy. Like show your personality. Yeah. Ask about, you know, make a little bit of small talk. Let's not talk about the weather for 20 minutes. But- <laughs> You know, if you're walking in, say, oh, this office space is beautiful. Like, how long have you guys been here? Like, little things yeah. like that that can show and give people a glimpse of how you might be on the day-to-day. Yeah, I so you kind of be charming. Yeah. And you're really just, I view it as, like, we're interviewing each other. Mm-hmm. So it's, that makes you feel more on equal footing. Like, yes. we're, I'm going to, we're having fun. Like, do we gel? Yes. We're figuring each other out. So yeah. I think take that approach. Yeah. And then as far as... I know Joy is going to <laughs> definitely support the thank you note. I do. I support the thank you note. I think I've evolved from cards. Okay. Because there's a fine line between thirsty, I found, yeah. and, and just like we don't live in a put a card in the mail society mm-hmm. anymore. So maybe if you're going for a big job and there were several rounds of interviews or someone was um, particularly helpful or mentoring in the process, then yeah, send them flowers in a card. But I think emails, you would be surprised how many people are not even doing that. Really? So follow-up emails, thank you emails, definitely. Yeah, that's a definite for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I always say, just as far as dress, I love if you said the navy suit. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to figure out, especially like some industries, like at advertising, stuff like that. People are very casual. Mm-hmm. But I always say like air to the side of overdressing. Yes. And then once you have that first interview, kind of yeah. peep how everyone is dressing and then just dress better than everyone that you saw. I agree. I agree. I have a good friend that's a talent acquisition manager in fashion. And um, it's like a lax, you know, lax, mm-hmm. like people will do like the distressed jeans, but like a really awesome stiletto. So she always gets candidates who come in who will do that. And she's like, but you're here for an interview. Right. Like, this is wildly inappropriate. And maybe someone else will look at that and be like, you're actually on point. And she gave that feedback to someone once and they like burst out crying because <laughs> they just didn't know. They yeah. were like, oh, I thought this was like on trend for here. And it was, but it's like it's on trend once you have the job. Right. Well, the flip side is because I used to work at a dance company and someone came in like dressed for it to be an accountant with like stiletto heels and the mm. director was like, I'm going to take you on a tour around the dance company, but we're going to take the stairs. And she's mm. like, All right, is that okay? <laughs> she let us. So it's like, find a balance. Yeah, you don't, don't want to be in the suit when everybody else is in jeans. Let's put it like that. Right. <laughs> Good luck. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Mm-hmm. And thanks to our tax expert, Ty Stewart, for joining us. 
As always, thanks to our sponsor, One United Bank, America's largest Black-owned bank. And if you enjoyed this episode and are looking for more resources, we definitely encourage you to head over to OneUnited.com. Yes, they do Black History Month all year round with blog topics like Stay Woke, Five Movies That Uplift Black Voices, yes. and much, much more. And be sure to follow them around the web at One United on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can connect with us around the web as well. We're at Joblogs or Joblogs.com where you can find articles, our podcast resources, and more. Mm-hmm. Follow my adventures at Cleave Out Loud on the gram. I'm Hamas Parker. We'll see, see ya. We are professional. professional. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Ugh, we do this. I know.